Welcome to the Strip Down Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they're sweet or schlock, from one week to gonna walk, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. That might have been funny at 20, but he's about to turn 40. It's my co-host, Evan. Oh, well, what a letdown. It's <laughs> my co-host, Saker. How many times in my life if I had a nickel? Oh, well, what a letdown. Uh, this is not to get into the song too quickly, mm-hmm. but this song is truly the opposite of um of quality, where quality's a big name to live up to. The name of that song. Yeah. <laughs> this song is like, well, this song's gonna be a piece of shit, right? Going into it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, well you don't know. It might be a, if you like the quality where they're talking about the opposite again, but well, not really. Actually, true. this is very similar to. Have you ever thought about changing your name? I uh, I have changed my name. Have you ever thought about changing your first name? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Because I was thinking if you called yourself like shithead Dickon, mm-hmm. like people would go into conversations not expecting anything from you, like just expecting you to be mean or dumb or something, <laughs> but you would really blow them away every time. I right? don't know. I don't know if that'd be the case. Like, I don't know if, like, I know that, that names have like a cultural and racial component that like affects how people view you but i think like shithead is so (laughs) like i don't want to say extreme but like beyond what i I wonder if you can we've talked about name changing before right yeah Um, Yeah, i wonder if you can change your name to like profanity i bet they wouldn't let you because you have to to change your name you have to go before like a judge i bet well you know there was the uh i'm thinking now about that uh mother who named her daughter i believe her name is like pepsi marijuana whatever her last name is uh, and uh, Pepsi Marijuana Jones is now like a, a a lawyer in Tennessee or something like a very successful, mm. but she has not changed her name. So for the mom to have named her kid Marijuana, I assume it's okay well, there to is name a, your. Have you seen those uh, um, wanted sign billboards around Columbus recently? No. There's a guy apparently in our area who's wanted for double homicides up in Michigan, and his name is Daryl Demon Jones. <laughs> So <laughs> with uh, just the middle name or quotes around? No, it? no quotes. I was uh, so I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't want to say like name is his future, but like if you're naming your child Demon as their middle name, yeah, like it wasn't like Damon, or anything, it was just spelled Demon. So uh, <laughs> like I don't know, I don't know, man. Boy, now that I think about it, Damon is a weird name, isn't it? Like it's it is just Demon, right? Yeah, yeah or Damien, right? Like from the sure from the Omen. Yeah, that's a bad that's a bad child name. What would that's you do if you found out Enzo was the Antichrist? What would I do if I found out my little boy was the Antichrist? Well, I suppose I'd very quickly become religious. I mean, I wouldn't have a choice at that point. <laughs> I think that I would. Uh, and well, then I mean, okay, would... so this is a I'm, I'm gonna go on a tangent. Then, so is it religion then? If because religion is is based on faith and belief, but if you know something mm. objectively to be true. Is it religion or is it just like another form of science? Yeah, well, famously, religion is just science we don't understand yet. No, nope. uh, so. nope, nope. <laughs> um, Some of it can I be don't... wrong. In fact, I <laughs> no, feel like it's... most religion is wrong. It's just science we don't I understand. I mean, even by, their, um, even by their own definition, most religions are wrong. If you ask any religion, all the other religions are wrong, right? Uh, true, yeah, I guess so. Um so, uh, yeah, what would I do if I found out empirically? How did I find this out out of curiosity? Um, so you have a, you, you had a nanny, right? 
Mm-hmm. So um, it's Enzo's like first birthday party. Um, let's say uh, you're you're getting a little cakey ready. This is before COVID, mm-hmm. and um, everyone's there in our little backyard, and we're all having a good time. And the aunt nanny gets up on the roof and goes, "It's all for you, Enzo!" And then just <laughs> jumps off your roof and kills herself. Um, and then like COVID comes, and let's say. Uh, you or your beautiful partner get covid and enzo just like walks over to you as you're like sitting on the couch like kind of uh, and then like his eyes roll back in his head and they're all black and he just puts his little chubby hands on you and like uh-huh. and you just start Boy, shaking and, sure. and moaning and then like the covid like blood just pours out of your mouth but it's, it's bad <laughs> blood and it gets uh-huh. everywhere. It gets all, so there's blood everywhere, but it, that's the diseased blood. And you're he fine. And you're completely me? fine. No, no, not ex- completely exsanguinated. Just gets like the sure. bad parts of you out. Sure, sure. So he's helping. Yeah. I, I, mean, guess, the I guess I don't know the what the Antichrist think, does. Well, in most modern stories, the Antichrist ne- isn't necessarily bad to begin with, right? I mean, if okay. we're talking like, and, and again, these are modern tales. I don't know. And from a religious perspective, he's bad the whole time. Or she, sure. you know, the Antichrist could be anybody. It could be a dog. Yeah, let's not be sexist. Yeah, wasn't gonna be. <laughs> so, uh, uh-huh. yeah, so, I mean, if we're talking like a good omens Antichrist, like, they could be good or bad, right? I mean, and again, I'm not, I'm not really well-versed in, like, Christian eschatology. That's not really something mm-hmm. I'm interested in, so I haven't spent much mm-hmm. time even reading about it or caring about it. Um, so I experienced this mainly through, like, Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. So I'm not really, <laughs> not really an authority on this, but I'm gonna guess, like, the Antichrist is, like, human. So they are, I mean, by definition, able to make their own choices. So, okay. So they don't have to be bad, but they're probably going to sure. be bad. And again, like, some sort of, I mean, they're also half, they're a Nephilim, so they're half angel or whatever the fuck Lucifer is. Um, on which, on whose side, I wonder? Daddy, Lucifer. So, oh, so yeah. yeah that would be, uh, so that would mean if Enzo's the Antichrist, you're a fucking cuck, Saker. You're, you're Lucifer's. Uh, oh, you're, oh no, my you're, partner. You're Joseph and the amazing cuck in the color drink. <laughs> I hate saying that word, but only as a joke. But, sure. Uh, I believe in season one of this podcast, I called you a cuck quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. But it's okay. We're, you were, you were pretty alt-right back then. I'm glad that you We're come. taking it back from the alt-right. We're taking it back. <laughs> <laughs> the liberals are, are cucking again. Hey, man. Some people like, I mean, some people like that. And, you know, more power to them. Yeah, that's your more thing. power to them. you adults. No worries. You know, I don't sure, necessarily absolutely. see it as a, uh, a negative thing as long as everyone's no. on board. You know, I don't, I don't look down on it, but I must say that it does not get any less funny to me. <laughs> Just, it's a funny word. Yeah. It's a funny thing to. It's not. A, I mean, it is a funny thing to think about. I don't know. It's just. It's a weird. I don't know. It's a weird thing, and it's a weird thing they kind of latched onto. Yeah, the alt right. You mean? Yeah, yeah. Because it's like yeah. their idea is that like being in cuckolded sort of emasculates you, but yeah. that's from a perspective of masculinity that is wildly toxic, right? sure yeah yeah absolutely like if, you're, if mean, your partner cheats on you you are just not a man but no, you're uh, not enough yeah well i mean who is enough right jeez it sounds like you're advocating for polyamory at last my friend no, no. <laughs> not really my bag but uh you know got not, not gonna not gonna knock anyone for whom it works sure i am just yeah. far uh, too fragile of an ego to handle sure. another partner in my relationship yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Be it mine or anyone else's. It's just too much work. Oh, 
Oh, anyone else? So you're you're advocating for everyone else. They should also stop being polyamorous because you can't handle. No, it. in my relationship, you can't handle seeing. <laughs> I said in my relationship, safer. Oh, okay. I, you said for you and for anybody else. Oh, I see. I see. I see. For your partner as well. Mm-hmm. Sure, absolutely. Um, if your son ends up being polyamorous, will you disown him? No, no, I won't care at all. That that wouldn't Great. bother me. I'm not sleeping. With, okay. I'm hopefully not sleeping with my son. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully you have to toss hopefully in hey, i don't know what the future holds the and future I, is a wild i would like place. to think i'm a good enough person and that my Jesus life is going to go well enough that i don't have that i'm not forced or in any way uh attracted to my son but you know what oh i could get like God. in a car crash and get severe Apple. brain trauma and become a weirdo <laughs> like you know i can't uh, if if my if my long life upon this earth has taught me anything it's that you know you can't really plan for the future People are going to one day in court use season eight, episode 15 of It's All Been Done as evidence against you, as evidence for your depravity. Well, I hope your not. Your continued depravity. <laughs> I hope not. In whatever you do. Um, yeah. So, oh, so what would I do if, if my son was the, the, uh, the original? Let's get back to the uh, original question. I know you, I'd you're trying him. to equivocate, but. Uh, <laughs> I'd support him. 100%. I would. I mean, he's my little boy. Of course. I support him in no matter what he does. I yeah. love him. I feel like nowadays like the antichrist would show up and like just take a look around and be like oh okay and then just become like sure. a night manager at like a bennigan's or something because you know, he's work like, here yeah, i don't need to do i don't need to do shit yeah 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 that makes sense to me um we do uh getting back to name changes we had a mutual friend who changed his middle name to danger, danger yeah which is a gr- i mean that's that's a, the ballsiest move that I've, I've ever heard that's so fucking cool it was uh, thanks to my partner he always this our mutual friend always talked about it and my for christmas really? one year my partner filled out all the ap- application forms paid the application fee and the only thing he had to do was show up in court for the name change so that's amazing yeah, my partner's I a great no... person that's why i married him did your partner like forge his signature on the documents oh, hell yeah. and stuff <laughs> that's so fucking great oh i love it love it love it uh ebbo speaking of things i love Let's talk about <laughs> last week's song. <laughs> last week's song was another spit. All right. This week's song is called What a Letdown. And if you've never heard it before, buckle up. Even if I let this settle, it'll lead to a little fight. When I get too meddling and need to remain polite, I could cut across. All right, Ev, what a let. Have you ever wanted to buckle up before, like, anything other than, like, a ride? (laughs) Um, like, buckle. Okay, okay, buddy. Saker, I've got some some big news for you. You're going to want to sit down and literally buckle up (laughs) because you won't be able to control your body. I guess not. I guess for like uh, some sort of painful surgery in the hospitals out of anesthetic, yeah, I, I would want to buckle sense. up. I just uh, yeah. I just got this image. This when I when I asked that question, the first image that flashed into my head was a toilet with a seatbelt on it. Oh, what a great idea! That's <laughs> smart. Going into someone's house and just finding their toilet, but it's got like a full on like a seatbelt with like a with like I a, love that. a lap belt and then like a thing so you can just buckle in and you just do your business and you can't, you're not going That's... anywhere. There's your million dollar idea, man. 
you need to make uh, toilet seat covers because you wouldn't have to remake the toilet. No. You could just make toilet seat covers that have the, the belt built in. That's genius. Well, you'd have to anchor it because if it's just anchored to the cover, it'll rip right off. It's got to be anchored to something other than porcelain or something. So you'd have to build like an armature around the toilet, like something that will keep I, it safe. I, I, I understand, but do you think these are actually going to be functional? <laughs> I thought it was more kitschy aesthetic, hey. but you think people are actually going to be writhing. Yeah, and you, right you ever had a total blowout sticker? <laughs> Uh, I guess I have. Are you are you the kind of person who, if you know it's going to be a bad one, remember when we said we were going to talk about the song What a Letdown? <laughs> if you know it's going to be a bad one, you strip down to nudity before you go to the bathroom? Um, I've done that on occasion, but that's not like standard practice for me. Oh, um, I, yeah. There are there have been times where I'm like stripping down as I'm doing it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm taking a shower after this bad boy. <laughs> Sure, absolutely. I feel like you talk about taking a shower a lot on this podcast. I love taking a shower. I take a shower between one and three times a day. How do you find the fucking time? I mean, I only take like, it's like a 10 minute shower. I'm not like a, I'm not like a, I'm not luxuriating in it, but I enjoy it. Yeah. I guess I I maybe. It's not the shower so much as the feeling you have like right after the shower. Like you're like Hmm. clean and you're like not all sweaty and greasy and like, you know. Sure, and it's the present you give yourself that you can't take your phone in the shower. So now it's 10 minutes later, and you say to yourself, who's texted me? Uh, what sort of notifications might I have? No, no, I, no. Uh, I, I have an old flip phone, remember, on purpose. I know you so do. So I can, I I can get texts, but that's about it. Yeah, and nobody... T- it used to be that people were verboten to text you. They were, that was not allowed because mm-hmm. you said it cost you money. Yes. But nowadays, it's A-OK. It's A-OK to text me in emergencies. And just in case any of our listeners want to text you, what is that number? Just in case it's... Let me find Saker's number in my phone. <laughs> I did give out my address last week. Um, so let's talk about what a letdown a little bit. Um, oh boy. Clearly, Ev, we both... We haven't talked about this beforehand. Mm-hmm. We both have the same, the same uh, kind of purview on it, which is that it lives up to its name. Correct? I... I wouldn't go quite that far. Like again, I feel like I didn't hate this song. It didn't. I agree. And it wasn't. It wasn't a letdown in any way because I wasn't expecting much from it. Well, whenever I see the name Bare Naked Ladies in the artist field of whatever MP3 I'm listening to, I have the highest hopes. Mm. So this one was a letdown to me, just because. I mean, it, it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. But this has been an album that varies wildly in quality. Mm-hmm. I think so far. So it's almost like this yeah. is an album of B sides. <laughs> almost right um so let's talk a little bit musically because i think there's a lot more to talk about lyrically or at least a lot more to rag on lyrically so we'll save that for a little bit okay. um okay this one this one has kind of a soaring little like guitar line that opens things up that i really kind yeah. of love yeah, i think i'm i think the, the thing i'm digging the most about this album specifically are the openings yeah it yeah actually like, it, it's i remember like previously and uh, the previous albums, they uh, BNL was good at like the head fake openings. Where yes. they start out with like uh, uh, I'll set the metronome or something like that. Yeah. But now like these these are these openings are apropos of the song to follow, and they're kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, they're really they're they're kind of the best parts of the song because I did like the crunchy guitar in this song, but really spotlighting it at the beginning with kind of that you know those big long open chord that sounded very cool. It sounded very interesting. <laughs> Thank you. 
yeah, that's uh, the, the the guitar is fun in this song. The outro, mm-hmm. I I I've come to realize things I like in life are hand claps <laughs> and uh, unconventional percussion and Kev's patches. And also a guitar squeal outro when they just kind of squeal out at the end. Like a rock guitar? That's what, yeah, like a big rock guitar. So that guitar's doing a lot. We have the intro, we have that pounding riff throughout the dun dun. And we have that guitar squeal outro. It's just a lot of uh, it's a lot of fun. The guitar's yeah, a lot of like fun a, in this song. Ed's, Ed's sort of like rock alt country roots, like in the best of ways. Yeah, yeah. And this song is kind of very alt-country-esque, I would say. The whole thing kind of smacks of, of some sort of country roots. Um, except for the country roads, bridge. Even. Yes, country bridge, roads. Yeah, the bridge, I think, was my favorite part of the song, to be honest. Because it was so was it? bizarre. Like, was there, like, a fucking guy on, like, a whistle <laughs> in the background? And, like, children? And I don't even know what was going on there. strange it, it i like that it diverts the song from kind of the the country old country theming but like what steve is saying strange things i feel like he was programming my brain i've talked about <laughs> manchurian candidates before but it's just we- so in the in the right ear he's saying like uh uh re key coo and in the left ear he's saying luke luke <laughs> i isolated each ear to try and figure out what he was saying that's why i liked it so much like, give me a good scatty garble and I, i'll take it luke cracked me that's up why yeah I, like, it was very- uh, I think i like like music in other languages like songs sung in other languages more than i like songs sung in english sure because i don't like understanding the lyrics which is weird sure which is a weird sure. thing maybe that's why i like metal yeah. so much too yeah okay that checks out um yeah which your son has been speaking of sons has been doing a lot of lately doing a lot of, oh, yeah. of songs he's got some yeah. beautiful songs in his uh yeah just nonsense songs have you ever seen a dinosaur uh, have you ever seen a dinosaur fireball have you ever seen a dinosaur <laughs> fireball that melts everyone have you ever seen everyone melt in the fireball till they die yeah um yeah uh uh the the solo i really loved it initially because it sounded like kev was gonna do some like ragtime piano shit on it mm-hmm. and then there's like bells but then it just spins out and transforms into like a rock guitar solo which is fine if not a little disappointing Guess what? This song also has Steve on flute. You can hear him <laughs> leading into the solo, and then in part of the, uh, I believe it's the bridge that you were talking about. I don't think that's a whistle. I think it's Steve on flute buried in the background, just like tweeting kinda really tooting high, away. Like on a piccolo or something. I don't. I don't. That's a great question. I want to know what what he's doing. It just sounded, uh, like a, it sounded like someone blowing on a whistle, and I know that like, I don't know. Some songs have whistles in them, like coach yeah. whistles. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's a great question. Um, 
that's did you have anything else on the uh music before we really dig into these fucking weirdo lyrics yeah, i think that i'm I'm at the point now i finally reached the point where i'm recognizing literally everyone's pattern except for maybe tyler like because this one i don't know like the the rhythm of how ed is singing and this will be a segue into actual lyrics like mm-hmm. it just reminded me of never enough yeah like so the first, even if i said a little lead to a little light it's just, what if I could wake up suddenly and oh, then? Oh, interesting. Even if I let this settle in, lead to a little fight. What am I to wake up suddenly and then? But yeah, that's almost the exact same cadence, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, like, again, you know, you're an, all artists do this. All artists have things that they lean on, so I'm not, like, knocking the right. for it. But, like, as soon as I recognize, I'm like, oh, okay, never enough. I got yeah. it. Yeah. And, and, and then in my head, I'm like, Wait, I think I liked Never In Enough better than this oh, song. Oh, so. man, to make that comparison and then be able to pull it out is kind of a bummer. Yeah, I can imagine that would make you like it a lot less. So, um, This is... Well, that's fine. But this, this is kind of... It, it makes me think about stunt era Ed because I feel like this is him doing like 0.75 times speed from one week, right? Like the lyrics are kind of tight in this <laughs> and uh, he's clearly like is doing some rap adjacent shit, but uh, it's not quite there. Um, but it, the lyrics are, are tight. They don't make any fucking sense, but he, he's, he's doing a great job with them. Um, yeah. What do you think this song is about? Well, that's a good question. Um, so, uh, I wrote that there's some sort of dissatisfaction that runs throughout the song. I think the second verse might be about touring and maybe smashing girls in every city i don't know what about it reads sexual to me but like i don't know so i mean the second verse is you know about going to different towns and not staying there for very long which is very indicative of touring right like you're in a town for 12 hours you get in there you eat a meal you play a show you sleep and then you're into the next town never has a stranger had a better taste of another town just time for a cowboy breakfast that's weak and look around Looks like the land of plenty, there will be plenty there to do. That might have been funny at 20, but... Maybe it's about Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. Interesting. Now, I've never seen Roadhouse. You're really going to need to pull that out for me. Patrick Swayze plays a cool uh-huh. I don't remember. Like, I, I haven't seen Roadhouse in 10 years, and it just came to me, so I'm pulling this all from foggy memory. So this isn't like something I prepared sure. beforehand. I'm just telling you now. So he's a cooler who uh, travels around. Uh, a cooler is somebody who kind of breaks up fights in bars okay so i don't so like a bouncer but way cool <laughs> uh-huh. it's like somebody who like single-handedly breaks up fights in bars okay got it so and then there's the roadhouse which is like a, a like a uh, um big old country honky-tonk bar with a uh, a blind guitar player and all that bottles flying through the air and shit and he's hired to like calm it down and okay. of course you know it's a swayze movie so there's like ample shots of his underwear backside and um the uh his uh, special move is throat ripping which okay. i think you will which is where all the action movies get that from and then i think there's at one point the bad guy like higher and it's like the bad guys are trying to ruin the bar or something and it's some you know capital industrialist industrialist or something some rich southerner or whatever and uh, he ends up beating up all that guy's guys and the main villain is like a uh an ex-con taekwondo star or something 
who uh, threatens to rape Patrick Swayze like every scene. Jesus Christ. Okay. It's like I was in prison and I had it. Uh, uh, you know. Fuck. So it's a, it's, it doesn't age as well as I thought. And this is me watching it 10 years ago. So this was 2010 when I saw it last. Okay. But, um, so yeah, so it's Patrick Swayze like traveling around. Um, he's a cooler. So even if he settles, it'll lead to a little fight. Um, he's always, and he's a cooler. So he has to always, you know, take down the energy. Sure, in the room. So sure, he's always sure. trying to remain polite, always doing some, you know, things like that. Um, he's a, he's a cowboy. Uh, takes a leak and look around. I think you only see him eat like two times in the movie. So like, I think that this is, I mean, this, this just screams roadhouse. Sure. Sure. Well, I, I'm curious. I'm curious. How old was Patrick Swayze in roadhouse? Interesting. Yeah. 2032. I could tell you right now, roadhouse came out in 1989 and Patrick Swayze was born in 1952. So he was 37 years old. 37 in indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, so funny oh, enough. Shit. Sam Elliott is in it too. Yeah, he is. Oh. And Keith David. I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now. How about that? Ev, can I, can I tell you something? The least action hero. <laughs> um, how old do you think Ed was when this song came out? Ooh, I'm going to guess. Uh, so he was born in 70-ish. And this is, what, 2007? Mm-hmm. So he's 37? That's exactly correct. Now, why in the song does it say that he just turned 32? That might have been funny at 20, but I just turned 32. Is he playing a character? How how old is uh, Patrick Swayze's character supposed to be in Roadhouse? That's a good question. Ev, let me presuppose that Ed is playing a character in this song. Ed's uh-huh. birthday is on October 25th, 1970. So that implies that the character that he's playing is perhaps born on October 25th, 1975 instead. Now, let's examine, Ev, who was born on that date. Well, of course, one of the people born on that date is the English novelist of the book White Teeth, Zadie Smith. Now, Zadie's younger brother is, of course, the rapper and stand-up comic Doc Brown. Doc Brown, of course, taking his name from the Back to the Future series. Now, Doc Brown was on an episode of Doctor Who in 2018. Now, how would Ed know to make that reference to Zadie Smith, someone who didn't become popular until after this album was released? Ed, a man whose given name is Lloyd Edward Elwin Robinson, like... Christopher Lloyd? Lloyd. Like uh-huh. Doc Brown? These are all clues, of course, to time travel and perhaps some deeper time loop scenario that centers around 2007. Whatever happens in this year, it's a letdown, right? So these verses, maybe they're a reminder from Ed to Ed to be nice to Steve or else he'll leave. Ed is not the same traveler Steve is. He only gets flashes of the future. He doesn't entirely remember it like Steve does, and he didn't quite get the message. We're living in the bad future that Ed tried to warn Ed against. Ed is stuck in a perpetual time loop that centers around the year 2007. What do you think? That sounds... Pretty good. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Pretty good is exactly what I was hoping for there. That sounds like a real letdown. <laughs> sounds, sounds like your reaction was a le- what a letdown. Did future did future Ed write this song about past Ed? Well, I don't know the future Ed wrote it about past Ed. I think past Ed was just sitting around and he got these flashes of like, oh yeah, okay, maybe maybe. Sitting- Getting ready for the bathroom session, sitting on his toilet with his seat belt. <laughs> exactly right. Yes. Buckle in. 
That's right. That's You'll notice right. that the bathroom sessions never show Ed's waist. Anything below his waist, that's because he has buckled down everyone. And he's also nude from the waist down. Oh, all okay, okay. So sessions. Ed gets flashes, but only when he's on the toilet. Sure, yeah. Oh, that's what the bathroom sessions are good for. Every time he hits the stop button on the little camera he's using, he then like tilts back and his eyes turn black because <laughs> well, every time he poops, he's the Antichrist. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we got and, it. Uh, We're there. Yeah, it's like it's like Paul Simon. You know, like he had his best uh, best ideas in the bathroom. I think Ed's the same way. Is, it, is that real? Literally, yeah. Uh, you know that song, "Hello Darkness, My Old Friend." Yeah. It's about um, writing songs in the bathroom. <laughs> is it really? Uh, yeah, look it up. I don't care. Talking about the emptiness of his butthole after a, a I nice big I might be making poop? it up, but I'm probably made not. Okay. Parsley, sage, rosemary, stinker. and thyme is what he was pooping out. The four things that no, he I mean, ate that day. Scarborough Fair is an ancient, an old British song. Okay. Well, thanks. That's a good... That's, that's how we sand on this show. <laughs> that's well, what I... I mean, I don't want to say anything that isn't true. <laughs> You'll sure. notice that everything I've said since the beginning of this show is 100% accurate. That's true. That is true. Um, interesting. Now, I don't know about the bridge. The bridge didn't really fit with me because the bridge has some sort of like openness, some sort of tenderness that ends uh-huh. up being a letdown. Let your guard down moving forward. Finally, forwards. What a letdown. Right. So I feel like that might be like a divorce uh, after the relationship or so. I, I don't know. I don't know what this song's about. Did you have any read for this song? Like it seemed. Yeah, it seemed about some people who were on a break in their relationship. Yeah. Like you, they aren't they aren't broken up per se, but they are taking a break from one another. Um, and so, like, he's saying, like, they had such high hopes for this relationship going into it. You know, right. This could be the one, that sort of thing. And then it didn't really turn out exactly how either of them had intended. Sure. And I think they're, like, taking time apart to sort of reflect on the relationship. And that's what I see the the, the narrator of this song doing. He's, like, at the fucking microtel in some suburb somewhere, you know. 30 miles away from where his uh, former partner is in their their shared apartment mm-hmm. and like just thinking about it as he like washes his clothes in the sink oh god what a fucking grim future yeah all right that's true yeah something he said might have been funny at 20 but he just turned 30 like mm-hmm. you should know better than to, than to say things like that sure absolutely uh oh so the land of and plenty like, yeah, he's saying like yeah even if i let this settle it'll lead to a little fight mm-hmm. so like even if i come back you know i'm gonna have to like fight with you and um and he can't and and this is this might be like a this might be like the wind it up situation where sure. is if, he, if he doesn't keep his cool things are going to really blow up sure. and that'll be the end of things. cutting across the field but it hits pretty close to home obviously he doesn't want to go home but ev how do you read maybe if i jiggle little 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 open up on the phone maybe if i jiggle little little open up on its own my favorite line in this whole song i loved how Maybe if I jiggle little, 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 open up. It's so funny. It gave me every time I just smiled so big at that line. But how do you read that if if this is a bad relationship? Jiggle what a little? I think, His. I think. I mean, obvious. Some, some, something in the relationship. Who the fuck cares? Okay. It's just Ed being funny. <laughs> sure. He's like okay. shoe. It's Ed shoehorning in a joke yes. because that's what Ed does. Because that's what Ed does. He is doing that a lot. We just did. A... I just made you say it a little, little, <laughs> like. We just did um uh I can sing from Snack Time and boy Ed is just doing a lot of weird tongue twister tracks for himself for fun lately it seems like like it doesn't mean anything it has nothing to do with anything I just feel like letting loose a little bit and jiggle a little 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 little, little. I just I don't know that line was a lot of fun though made me wanna made me wanna write a line like that in one of my songs um 
Yeah. So yeah, that that was cool. Uh, oh, so also speaking of the the bridge, Ed tries to rhyme guard with forward. Like he doesn't. He says guard and forward. Guard. If, if you're gonna try it, Ed, fucking go for fard. it. Yeah, he could say like guard and forward, or like I just I would just say fard. Far fard. Uh, guard fard. and fard. <laughs> All right, that checks out. Keeps you let let your gu- let let down your gourd. Yes, moving forward. Forward. Yes. Uh, oh yeah, or let down your guard, moving forward. That's fine too. But he's really trying to. He's not. The thing is, he's not trying. He's taking two lines that could rhyme and just saying them the way they are, which is like <laughs> the weird, weirdest, laziest. I don't know. <laughs> what a letdown. That's what I have to say. Um, that chorus, also a letdown. That that phrase doesn't have any movement or repeatability. It doesn't have any. Joie de and, yet, vivre. and yet it's repeated 23 times in the song <laughs> did you count no oh I okay just guessed a number <laughs> but it seems like it was 23 times yeah that sounds about right oh well one let down oh well one let down but yeah i not not a fan just the whole song felt unfinished and not in the good unfinished way <laughs> our favorite song um, like the third verse is a repeat of the first verse, word for word. Like, what? What are? Why? What is happening? <laughs> Just didn't make any sense to me. Um, yeah, that's that's all I really had about the lyrics. What else do you have there, if? Oh, yeah, it felt kind of like a, a Kevin Hearn song because it repeated the chorus a hundred times. Yeah, but other than that, like that's a good point. I wonder yeah. if Kev had a hand in writing this one. I'll bet he did. It doesn't say who wrote Wait, these. What if you just uh, say <laughs> say the say the chorus again for two minutes? Ouch! A stiff breeze. Okay, back to what I was saying. <laughs> um, yeah. Did the, did the wind cut anybody else. I'm bleeding. <laughs> uh, I my blood just comes out so quick. Somebody please help. <laughs> it's so thin. Uh, <laughs> so, and like a Tyler, Tyler of course has his like. Not medic bag, but like his first aid kit that he carries in like a, a belt pouch. <laughs> yeah, he's too. like, here you go, little guy. Here's a little bandaid. Band. Here's a lollipop for here's a little lollipop for you, buddy. Band mommy Tyler. <laughs> um, let's talk about some other versions of the song. There were quite a few. I can't have root beer lollipops. They're too spicy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. He can't have anything but cream. Uh, not even cream soda. It reminds me of the bubbles, and those hurt my nose. <laughs> um. Cream soda? No, that reminds me of Dairy Queen. Where my first girl, <laughs> when I went to meet my first girlfriend, she was wearing red lipstick and had a hat on that was green. And, the- and we sat at a table that was made of formica. <laughs> and I got, I got a peanut butter par- buster parfait, and it was a little bit melted. And then he stares then off. We drove to a movie in a green car. He stares off into the distance for three and a half minutes while the others just have to sit around and wait for him to finish his recollection. <laughs> Oh, they carry him everywhere like a statue when he's recollecting. Um, let's talk about some other versions of this song. Ev. Mm-hmm. You got some Simlish. It's the Simlish, baby. It's the Simlish. He's never wet, Miss Natalie. Believe who I am by night. There's an in a bed to ramble in a fee and a way to bite. I could go to gossip. This is the song that least needed a Simlish version because it's already gibberish. There's nothing. So like, I don't know. But 
I'm going to be honest, I like the Simlish version better because be- I don't like words. Sure, absolutely, because it's gibberish. One thing I enjoyed is that he kept the little, 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 little. <laughs> like, <laughs> he loves it that much. It feels like that's the central conceit that the whole song is kind of wrapped around. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Baby, if a jiggle, little, 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 soaping up on its own. I, I think it did sound noticeably less mixed. The drums were much higher. Um, mm-hmm. Steve's bridge parts, the Rikiku, were still the same, which is funny. Uh, Lark and Carmichael, once again, shooting me out of my earthly body by saying, thank you, Saker, in the comments to the Simlish version. <laughs> Larkin, if, gotcha. you're, if you're still around, thank you very much. I enjoy that. Again, I encourage everyone to please leave my name somewhere in the comments of a future Bread I Could Ladies YouTube video, <laughs> so I will find it. Um, that's about all I had for the Simlish. Um, yeah. Bathroom sesh. Um, unremarkable. Yeah, uh, that's fine. Ev, though, this is our last bathroom session. Ever. Oh no. I know. Well, this is a sea change. We're hitting the PPE and it's terrifying to me. Mm-hmm. It's just scary. I don't know. Um yeah. Uh YouTube comment of the day from the bathroom uh, sesh. I found I, I, Evan I in disguise. <laughs> oh yeah? Yes. Did you find it too? No. Oh, it's someone named Patrick McManus. I thought that's what you were about to say. From twelve years. I don't years- usually I don't usually scroll through the comments because I know that's your that's sure, your domain. Sure. Patrick McManus from twelve years ago said just this is his whole comment. Joe smell what a lem down. <laughs> it sounds exactly <laughs> like an Evan type. That is my favorite. I am a mushmouth. <laughs> uh, what were you gonna say? I completely forgot. Oh no. Oh PPE. Um, sure. With in the in the year in the the um, time of COVID, PPE means like personal personal protective equipment. <laughs> sure. So everyone is fucking talking about it at my work, <laughs> and every time. It comes up in a meeting. I have to like mentally switch gears because my so, first thing that comes to mind, of course, is post page era. Really Followed you're... quickly by pre page era, <laughs> and then present page era. Uh, yeah, wow, that's amazing that your first thought is Brandon Ladies. That's a delight. Um, that's about it from the bathroom sesh. Sad that we don't have more to talk about with our final bathroom sesh. It makes me. Mm-hmm. I feel like he should have really, you know, had fireworks or some sort of p- pyrotechnics in his bathroom. Well, or little, little Ed, little, little, little Ed <laughs> didn't know what was what was around the corner. That's true. But ultimately, he could do as many bathroom sessions as he wanted. He just chose not to do any more. That's true. Now he's doing uh, quarantine selfie cam jams, which are just as fun, um, if not more but fun. Not, but but not on his toilet. But not. That's true. I do miss that. Um, there's a demo of this song from the Everything to Everyone era. Did you hear that mm, one? I did not. Ooh, it's live on the On Natural tour. Uh, the bridge isn't the goofy bridge with Steve, and besides for that, it's exactly the same. Uh, there's a couple live. That, wait, wait, was that the one with the concert in Massachusetts? No, Springfield, Massachusetts, 2010, after Steve's departure. Okay. That's um, the one I saw a lot. Yes. That one is a much less interesting, straightforward rock song with just three guitars, just jamming out, playing the rock. Um, oh, were you going to say something? No, I just always think of the Chips and Dips tar- tour. Like, can I have a, um, what a letdown, but I want seven guitar. Can all, <laughs> can all seven of guitars do it? Can you do on it? On the in, songwriter's panel? Like classical acoustic guitar style, as if you're all Bach at the same time, please. That would be a delight. Ooh. Um, in Springfield, he did change one of the lyrics. I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, that, of course not. That would have been funny at 20, but I'm almost 42. Now, of course, probably more accurate to Ed. However, 42 also the meaning, the answer to the question 
life, the universe, and everything. So I think these are more clues for us to find on the way because it's that. It's also the ASCII symbol for an asterisk. Uh, the ASCII symbol for so if I hold down Alt and press, is that what it is? Four two. Uh, I think it's in a, it's in programming, but oh, yeah, if I you see. put in the forty two, it's the it's the the symbol for that. If you want to put it into a uh, um document without actually pressing the asterisk and. But, but and an asterisk, as you well know, in any search term means anything you want. Sure. So, thus, 42 means anything you want. That's true. But in this case, I think it was specifically chosen by Ed because, um, oh, my goodness, Slaughterhouse-Five. Kurt Vonnegut used an asterisk to represent a butthole. And we're talking mm. about bathroom sessions. That's when he gets his visions. Like, right. again, it all fits. And then, oh, yeah. And then the butthole is the symbol for Greendale College in the community series. Exactly. And their mascot, of course, is the human being. Exactly. So, <laughs> we're getting, to, we're figuring you out, we're, Lloyd. We're digging, we're digging deep into there. <laughs> uh, then there's a version of them on Ships and Dip 4, which is totally uninteresting. Um, that's it for me, Ebbo. Do you want to tell me how this song is like a dating sim? all right please do this song of course without a doubt is written about flower under heaven of course the famous japanese dating sim where you date sengoku era generals (laughs) and warlords okay it sounds directly up your alley Yep, I was actually interested in this one, okay. uh, so I'm glad that they wrote a song about it. <laughs> um, you play uh, Fujibayashi Hotaru, who works for Akechi Mitsuhide, one of Oda Nobunaga's generals. Okay, Oda Nobunaga being like the Andrew Jackson of Japan, I guess would be the closest like American analog. <laughs> so he was like a... a warmonger and kind of a shit, okay. but also and killed a bunch of people. Interesting, and didn't care. Uh, so old hickory, <laughs> the Japanese old hickory, and he wasn't really that good of a guy. They called him um, ancient Sakura. No, they called him like the demon lord of a thousand hells sure, or something I, like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, that checks out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're a, nin- you're a female ninja hired by Akechi Mitsuhide, um, who uh, is tasked with going into Azuchi Momoyama Castle, which is Oda's big palace, and uh, finding traitors in the midst, which is actually kind of funny because Akechi Mitsuhide is the one who is actually betraying Oda oh. and eventually kills him at Honnoji later. Sure. And I think at the end of the... At the end of the uh, um, Dating sim, you're actually in Honnoji when Oda's being betrayed. But you are masquerading as Akechi Mitsuhide's younger sister. He brings you in. So it's a fun dichotomy where you're talking about in public, you are his younger sister. So he has to be like polite to you. But in, in a, um, private, he's like, do the mission or you'll disappear. Oh, my God. Is he so, one uh, of the yeah, romance to... options? He is. Okay. Oh, boy. That's a very um, exciting. So yeah, you can romance Oda Nobunaga. You can romance... Um, Mitsuhide, you could romance Oda Nobunaga's younger brother, Nobutada, uh, Nobu, and no. Nobuyuki. Right. Um, you could also Tokugawa Ieyasu, who's like the Japanese George Washington, um, <laughs> Hashiba Hideyoshi, who is Toku, uh, Toyotomi Hideyoshi. Yeah, I could keep I could keep rattling these names off. No, I want you to give me. me. I want you to give me American analogs to each of them. Okay, so uh, <laughs> Akechi Mitsuhide would be like American or. Um, American, like Benedict Arnold. Okay, got it. Sure, that checks out. Um, I thought he was Andrew Jackson, wasn't he? No, that's that's uh, Oda Nobunaga. Oh, uh, Oda. Okay, got it. Yeah, uh, Hashiba Hideyoshi would be like. Oof. I don't fucking even know who he would be. Like, uh, his maybe a Hamilton. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe, I, maybe I could see Hamilton saying uh, Hashiba Hideyoshi's famous quote. So you wanted to see me again? I'm quite a sinful man, if I do say so myself. 
Sure. That's him in the fucking dating sim. <laughs> I believe that's his famous quote from real life, too. Yeah. Hashiba Hideyoshi, famously ugly. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. But they've really, they've really uh, gussied him up in the yeah, dating they, sim. Yeah, they plussed him up. Pretty dude. Um, so, yeah, you can fall in love with them. And you're, it's a fun mechanic where you are balancing their affection with you with their suspicion of you. Oh, and cool. their suspicions rise too high, they just have you, like, murdered. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, uh, but anyway, um, you collect flowers and you give them flowers and you talk to them about stuff like that. Um, and there's various endings for all this sort of other stuff. And uh, um, you uh, also have the power to shape change because you're a ninja. Oh, sure. I didn't know you that. You turn into like a bird or a right. statue or a, in the end, um, if you romance Oda all the way to the end, you actually save him from his assassination and turn into a giant phoenix and take him out of oh, the burning shit. temple. That's cool. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> After having read about this, are you no longer interested in playing it? I was never interested in playing oh, it. I, I just see. wanted to see how they adapted the historical figures sure, in the sure, context sure. of the dating sim. But the reason why it is about this song, obviously, is because the whole dating sim is kind of a letdown because <laughs> 90% of the... If you know anything about history, you know that 90% of the people in it will die. Right. Well, 100% like, of the people... I mean, 100% will die, but 100%, 100% will die immediately after the dating sim. <laughs> Got it. Like, Oda's killed. Nobuyuki's killed. Right. Mitsuhide's killed. Hideyoshi dies of uh, syphilis. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Ieyasu is the, really the only one who survives uh, beyond that. Right. Um, and so uh, it's all of these warlords sort of like positioning themselves, uh, especially with regards to Oda. Um, and uh, so it basically, if they, if they let, if the ninja lets any of this settle, it'll lead to a little fight because all of them end up trying to kill each other. Okay. Um, so, even when you're meddling in politics, because this is Japanese court, you need to remain polite. Sure. So, and uh, that's basically it. She's a stranger in town. Um, cowboy breakfast. She's got to take a piss <laughs> and look around, I guess, the castle. So, pretty much, uh, I mean, Japan's a land of plenty. Not at this point, but uh, like during the Sengoku period, it's kind of shitty. Sure. Um, there's, and there's plenty to do. And you know what? I don't even know what age she is, but she's probably right. like 14 or 15 or something because this is a fucking... Sure. Uh, yeah. And if it's if you're 20, I mean, if you're 32, that's basically near death in this period for Japanese culture. Is that correct? Uh, no. I mean, did they live? if you survived, if you weren't like murdered. Okay. All right. That's fair. Interesting. Okay. Well, Ebbo, that certainly is information (laughs) (laughs) that's what i've got (laughs) i certainly did hear it through my ears uh ev i think it's about time to start rating this song all right evan as usual we rate this song on a scale from bare naked to fully clothed the fewer clothes this song is wearing the better it is the more clothes it's wearing the worse ev on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed we always start with you what would you say this song is for you I have been drinking. <laughs> I was having a uh, good time with my friends over a Zoom meeting. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when you're just having a good time and you got beers backed up, you're just kind of like, you're just drinking. You're not really paying attention to how much you're drinking. And uh, um, I'm having a good time. Everyone signs off the Zoom meeting. And I realize, I like stand up to go upstairs and I realize I am far too drunk. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, you know, rather than go to bed and wake up like at 3 a.m. with a fucking raging hangover, I'm just going to drink water. And just cruise the internet. Okay. Which is always a bad thing, which is kind of a bad, kind of a good thing. Um, you know, because I'm, I'm sobering up, but also, like, I am loose on the internet, drunk as shit. Okay. So I'll text, I'm like, 
PMing people that I shouldn't be PMing weird stuff. I'm talking to like high school friends who are up at this hour that I haven't talked to in 20 years. I'm like sending emails. I'm like, uh, uh, I'm thinking I'm like, should I apologize for something that may have been construed as rude at some Six point years during ago. the day? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, or in the game. Like, yeah, like uh, it's like, oh, this guy seemed a little bit upset to me, uh, upset at this point. Should I like, should I PM it, PM him at 3 a.m. to sure. apologize? You're, but, you're, you're giving out uh, patient data from people who are from. <laughs> I am the- not giving out patient data. <laughs> again, don't have any on my computer. this episode will be used in the trial against you. <laughs> so, um. I am on Facebook and an ad pops up. It is an amazing looking like, uh, let's say suit, like a, a light suit, like a button down shirt, uh, cool looking pants and uh, let's say socks. And uh, um, I'm going to be in there. It's like only $30. <laughs> it looks fucking amazing. It looks awesome. Uh, so I'm like $30 shit. And uh, since I have all my credit card numbers memorized, I don't even need to like go upstairs from my wallet. Really? So I just type that shit. Yeah. You and my partner. Easy. That's wild to me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you memorize your credit card numbers? How do you memorize your credit? Sure. Why wouldn't you uh, fucking speak 17 languages? <laughs> like, yeah, I guess. But <laughs> I feel like memorizing your credit card numbers is way easier than learning a language. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. But you know what? If in your mind they're the same thing, that's, you know, I don't want to per- burst your bubble. 16 numbers. That's too many numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So you can. Yeah. So anyway, um, so I type my little Cardi numbers in, get the thing, and I'm like, perfect, perfect. And then only belatedly do I realize it's a drop ship and it's from China. Sure. And it's coming in, I don't know, let's say three and a half months. So time goes by. I wake up, you know, I'm doing my, I live in my life. And then three months later, this fucking package comes from China, and it is the suit that I ordered. It is a fucking nightmare. Uh-huh. It is like the the shirt is made of like tissue paper. The pants are so badly sewn that and like so badly fitted that they don't even they barely fit me. And the socks are like a hundred percent rayon. Uh-huh. So like none of it none of it is breathable. So in any case, I um I'm like, well, this could be a party suit. Like this could be a suit that I put on for a party, and everyone goes, huh, that's weird. And then I just <laughs> rip through it in the course of a night. Sure. Which, so, so that's what I do. I wear it to my uh, when COVID's over. I wear it to my good friend Saker's Halloween party. Sure. And I pretend to be Donald some, Trump Jr., your favorite yeah, suit man to my, dress up as. My favorite suit man, <laughs> uh, uh, Eric Trump. I pretend oh, to be Eric, Eric Trump. Trump. Okay, sure. Yeah. And I slowly rip through my suit in the, in the course of a night. <laughs> sure. And uh, below it is, of course, uh, swastikas emblazoned <laughs> on my flesh because he is a Nazi. Oh no! Yeah. But you've emblazoned um, them on your flesh. You got a fucking yeah. brand, and you. <laughs> No, it's a, uh, it's a, I do it with like re- removable marker oh, sure, or something. I sure, don't. sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe that might be a little too on the nose. But yeah, anyway, something so. to show that uh, Trumps are all bad people. Sure. So, um, so yeah, so this is me in a party in this suit that is just garbage. Um, it's covering less of my body than it was at the beginning of the night sure. because I've torn, I've torn off one of the sleeves. I've ripped at the seams on all the pants. So like my, uh, my underwear is showing and, uh. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm still having a good time, though. It's a fine song. Sure. It's a fine song. It's ser- it's a serviceable suit for one night. Sure. Uh, yeah. Okay. That checks out. Um, man, it's so hard because I give you that time. And during the time when you're talking and you're so quick and you're so good at improv, I'm trying to think of ideas. And I was like, oh, okay, mine is going to be like a shitty made thing that I thought was great that I ordered online. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> then I was going to be like, okay, I'm wearing this thing to a party. And ah, oh, fuck. God damn it. <laughs> 
So I think I'm still going to stick with party. Here's what it is, Ev. Uh, my uh, very rich friend, uh, Evan, is renewing his vows uh, on, you know me. Uh, Money bags. On, on, on the tropical island of Little St. James. So he's taking it back. He's going to this tropical <laughs> island. Little St. James. So it has been uh, the Epsteins have abandoned it and you've taken it over. It is now your island. Uh, so um, you're going to renew your vows out there. You and your partner are going to uh, to have a vow renewal and you invite all, all your close friends. You say, come on out have this vow renewal celebration with us. And uh, me and my partner talk about it. And we're like, I think, I think we can afford it. I think we can afford it. And I say, damn it. I really want to fucking blow out Evan's, uh, you know, his, his vow renewal. This is going to be very special. I didn't go to his first wedding because he didn't like me back then. So I would like to, re- I, I knew you back then. <laughs> no, we didn't know each other. I would really like to, uh, to blow this one out. Uh, so, um, I, I really scrimp and save money and I buy a new fucking like tuxedo and it looks boss on me. It looks great. And we get there and we change and we go down to the ceremony and everybody that you invited is dressed in like beach casual. It's just sunscreen (laughs) across the bridge of the nose and lays and little Hawaiian shirts and summery hats and my partner and I are both dressed to the nines in a tuxedo, in a long dress, uh, and we are, we look great, just like the Bannigan ladies always look great, but we are wildly out of place and way overdressed for this, and we're wearing a lot of clothes. What, what wedding, what renewal gift did you bring me? I brought you the typical renewal gift of a ninja air fryer. Everyone brought you a ninja air fryer. You have to get them home on your plane. Seventy ninja, ninja air, fryers. air fryer anniversary. That's correct. The air fryer, well, yeah, renewals. If you, yeah, we should, we should, uh, we should redo those fucking wedding anniversaries because, like, it's like five years is your paper anniversary, ten years is your like lead anniversary. It sucks. It's like that's all fucking jewelry. Like, I want like practical shit. Like, five years is your waffle maker anniversary. So you're gonna get is your... like ten waffle ma- or you're gonna get a waffle maker for each other. No, nah, yeah. five years should be the kitchen anniversary. Ten years is the bathroom oh, anniversary. That's a way better idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to do, I think we're going to do a renewal sometime soon. We'll invite oh. you to that. It'll be a good time. Well, you better not invite me because I will give you COVID. All right. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Because I have never not been sick during this whole lockdown. <laughs> maybe not in the next, like, couple months, but eventually we're going to do it. So. Well, that's nice. Yeah, it'll just, be fun. I think just don't do it as a renewal. Just do it as a party, I think, because as soon as they know that you're doing anything wedding related, the price doubles, right? Oh, sure. Absolutely. That makes sense. Hmm. Well, thanks for the tip. We'll be right back with more It's All Been Done, a Good Ladies podcast. <laughs> Hey, Evan. What's one thing that should be real but isn't? Interesting. So, I feel like this is very similar to your question. Is there anything that you're good at that you don't know the name of? (laughs) You're asking me to. (laughs) So, what's something that doesn't exist but should? Um... Because I've got, I, I really need some ideas for my new company that I'm starting. You have the fucking seatbelt toilet seat. You don't need any more ideas. That's your million dollar idea. Nowadays, though, when people say million dollar idea, that's like, all right, you made a million bucks. Like, that's a lot of money, but certainly so not it what like it once was. Million. To me, a million is nothing to, nothing to me. That's chump that change. That is. To that's money bags and etc. <laughs> that, that's shit to me. I wipe my ass with a million dollar bill every day. Um, on my on my, <laughs> my seatbelt <laughs> toilet, yeah. Toilet. 
Um, yeah, so... Oh yeah, and there'd be super different versions of the seatbelt pilot. So there'd be one with like just the laptop there. We want with like the six point suspension. Oh like a, yeah. Yeah, for the real, for the, for the richest people. Sure, the shoulder strap too. Uh, there's one that's like a baby seat where it straps you in over both shoulders and in the middle and you have a little... Man, that's a really good idea. I like that. There's one that's like a roller coaster where it's got like the lap bar <laughs> and like the thing that comes down over your shoulders and, and like locks in. You have to get somebody, a partner to help you press the button from across the room to release the lap bar when you're done. Um, <laughs> I'm done! There's one that has a roll cage just in case your toilet like flips <laughs> over in the middle of your activity. In case it whips off while you're making <laughs> a shit. Have you ever shat so hard your toilet went upside down? This toilet is for you, my friend. The roll yeah. cage toilet. Um, so what were you talking about? Oh, something that doesn't exist that should. Yeah. I, I need, like, okay. If I'm going to have a startup, if I'm going to have a startup, I'm going to need more than just one idea. I'm going to need like six or seven. So so just just lay it on me. A Garfulon. Oh, okay. What's that? Great question. It should exist, but it doesn't. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a tool that you use to install Garfield paraphernalia sure. in your house sure sure so like it's like got the perfect shape of his head <laughs> so you could easily like punch into drywall and just like put a garfield head there so it's good for it's good for toast you can make garfield pressings on your toast it's good for drywall it's good for mud you could go put garfields in the mud outside oh yeah you can strap it to your feet and walk around and leave a little garfield faces yeah. in the dirt. it comes with a, a set of brass knuckles you can attach it to so when you punch people yeah. You can garf them up. You can, you can, and those brass knuckles actually act as a handle, so you can fill it with like cake batter uh -huh. and uh, put it in the oven and have the reverse imprint of Garfield's face oh, man. in there in like a cake or something. I think it's already reverse, right? The Garfulon, so that when you press it into something, no matter what you're pressing it into, it's always looks like Garfield regular. Right, but inside the uh, oh sure inside the inside the thing, it's hollow. So there's like a negative image of Garfield that you can fill with something. Sure. And then if you want to make like cakes or you want to like make little concrete uh, Garfield faces, sure, sure. <laughs> as too. one does, yeah, absolutely. And the inside is non-stick. It's just you can quick slip things yeah. out of it. And damn, okay, we made. You can also use it to like open doors in this age of COVID. Sure. Like uh, you don't have to touch the door. It's made of antimicrobial brass. Oh wow, amazing. Sure, so you can grab the doorknob with it, but then how do you... Oh, I guess it has some catches on the inside where you can catch the yeah. doorknob and turn it. Interesting. I really love... We've made two billion, perhaps, dollar ideas on this episode alone. What's something you think should exist that doesn't? Dommy uh, Nobbler. Dommy Nobbler. So this is a little like you're gonna you're gonna get into the the sort of a uh, speculative bio realm, right? It's a little creature that you create, um, and what it does is it can eat anything, and it excretes little pellets that taste like Domino's pizza. So this Dominobler um, can just eat them up and poop them out, and you. And I mean, it's not enough to fill you up. It's not like futuristic, but they do taste almost exactly like Domino's pizza. Yeah, and they're you can and there's got a little like. Uh, um it's, it's small enough that you can put it in like one of those little uh, uh, things on your keychain so you can take them anywhere, these little pellets, like a little tic-tac yes, dispenser. Yes, exactly. Uh, and it's like, fob the knob will be our slogan. Fob the knob. Jesus Christ, is that good? Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's like a I mean, whole... Who doesn't, want, who doesn't want to go into a meeting and need a, uh, <laughs> a quick burst of confidence and you shoot one of those pellets in and your breath just reeks of Domino's pizza <laughs> Garlic for the next and... 20 minutes. And everyone's just sitting in the meeting like, God... <laughs> 
It's 8 a.m. <laughs> I fucking wish I could down a Domino's pizza. How does he stay so slim? And the thing is, you're not eating pizza. You're just eating tiny pellets that make you smell and look like you just ate a That's whole correct. fucking pizza. There's a whole series of commercials, like a friend like eating his other friend's Domino's pizza pellets, and they're like, "Don't rob the knob, fob the knob." <laughs> like, man, these are so good. Three billion dollar ideas. Jesus, we are geniuses. That's what oh, this podcast yeah. should be. This podcast should just be an inventions podcast. Yeah, I mean, we have so many good ideas, like, and, and so many good slogans. This should be like, we, we should be pitchmen. Like, uh, oh God, and like the uh, people who are fans of it are the are the knob mob. Oh my God, that's so good. Damn, dude. Okay, well, that's our that's our next million dollar idea. But, Ev, do you know what the next million dollar idea for the Orange Groves is? That's, Mm -hmm. if not us, then who? Season 2, Star Wars. That's right. If not us, then who is returning? We're playing Fantasy Flight Games, Star Wars RPG, and Spindle Wheel to tell a new story in Star Wars. 200 years after The Last Jedi, we flesh out a new and exciting world and see what wonderful things Star Wars can get up to. We'll see you on August 1st with the first episode, which I believe is long since passed when this episode comes out. So you can listen to the first episode of, uh, if not us, then who star Wars edition, uh, a, uh, a podcast that runs the TTRPG, if not us, then who, but somehow also fantasy flight games, star Wars and spindle wheel, whatever that is. Okay. I don't actually really understand the concept of what I'm talking about anymore. Fantasy flight's a game company that releases star Wars RPG. I know that, but the, the whole, podcast is called if not us then who because that's what the system is called they were running so this the podcast is still called if not us then who but they're playing a different game but they're also playing something called spindle wheel which is a interpretive tarot like storytelling game what the fuck if you love a good uh, mystery listeners <laughs> check out if not maybe us. it's like maybe it's like microscope where you can use the use the game to use one game to like set general tones yes. for the game especially if, it, if, they're, if it's like a Game Masterless game? Yes, it is. Like somebody's not running. Okay, so the, the, so probably what's happening is they're using the spindle wheel to actually produce the game. Interesting. And the and the uh, challenges and like the interactions and whatnot, and then they're using the fantasy flight rules to sort of adjudicate within the context of the actual scenes. Man, we got to the bottom of it. You got to the bottom of it. That's perfect. That's exactly what's I happening. I do like to game and read game stuff. Do what you do. Uh, okay, good, excellent. So listen to if not us, then who? On the podcast network of your choice. Shouldn't it be If Not Us Then Whom? And we're back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Now's the time of the show when we spin this big wheel and try to figure out what we're going to do for whatever this song was that we just covered. What a letdown. Ev, our segment this week is Celebrity. Which celebrity is this song about? Uh, is it about Patrick Swayze or is it about his character in Roadhouse? I don't think it's about Patrick Swayze. Yeah, I think it, it would be about Patrick. It'd be about, what's his name? Donald, Donovan or Donalyn or something like that in Roadhouse? I don't know. That's a great question. I look it up, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> so someone who, you know, has problems maybe controlling themselves. They get to meddling. They get to jiggling. Uh, you know, what they do. Maybe somebody who's on tour a lot. Who's a, who's a controversial yeah. musician? I was thinking more like an actor. Okay. Like, a, like, an Alex, like an Alex Baldwin, who's like sure. a decent actor, but his life is like a fuck in fucking shambles. Is it in shambles? And he's kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. He like, he's like disowned three of his children and like this, or like a Russell Crowe who is famously like antagonistic and like kind of a drunk. Okay. And, uh, a, like a Mel Gibson? around just like, 
a Mel Gibson. Sure, yeah. there we go. Uh, yeah, okay, absolutely. Um, so yeah, somebody who who is kind of a letdown in the end. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, this is basically about every celebrity. Yeah, every celebrity who has blown up and had some sort of uh, negative press about them, right? Is this too easy? Mm-hmm. Should we do another one? Yeah, I mean, it could be about Britney Spears if we're talking about oh, music God. artists. This whole Britney Spears thing is so sad, how she's in this mm-hmm. controlling parasocial relation, not parasocial, but uh, this relationship with her father. Let's do another one. Mm-hmm. How about the wrong man? Uh, no black margaritas. <laughs> All right. Next. Spinning it again. I love these where we do 10 in a row. Uh Thanks, that was fun. Spin this again if you get it three times in a row. We have the podcast permanently. I keep keep pushing for this someday. I have learned. What lessons could be taken from this song? Hmm. Hmm. Don't put too much weight on your relationship. Oh, interesting. You think his relationship should be a little more weightless. That's an interesting... I think that... I I mean, ex... One of the things my partner and I have found out mm-hmm. in our long like relationship is that this is something that both of us suffer from is that when our expectations of we build stuff up in our head and when our expectations are not met, we get butthurt about it. Okay. Um, so when things when plans change, when things fall through, when it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to throw a party and so and so is coming and so and so is coming. And it's like, oh, no, that person canceled. And you're like, oh, OK. Yeah. Well, might as well just cancel the party then. Wow. Like not. I mean, that's that's, that's if a, I can't of, make it. Yeah, mostly. Sure, sure. Mostly. It's, it's, if Seiki, if Seiki can't be here, then. <laughs> Got it. But yeah, like if if like one even tiny thing changes, sure. like it sucks all of the expectation out of the yeah. out of you. And like back when we were back before we knew this about ourselves, we would get into fights over it or really? something. Yeah, and it's it was I mean there were silly fights and whatnot, you know, uh, little little fights. Yeah, we let it settle, and it would lead to a little fight and a little bit of resentment. Yeah, uh, just like in this song. But, uh, um, so yeah, now we know. So we will, yeah. if, if plans change, we will tell them and then we will give the person space to like digest that. Sure. And then we will talk about it later. Sure, sure. So, and I think from a relational perspective too, because you expect a lot from your partner, especially in like a one-on-one personal long-term relationship. Yeah. And that might be, I mean, they might not be capable of doing that. No one's capable of filling everyone's expectations and everyone's going to let you down. Um, if you hold them to too high a standard. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. So that's my lesson yeah. that I take away from I this like song. I like that. And I think my lesson is probably pretty similar, which is in my relationship, something that I'm slowly learning to get over and it's still very, 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 very difficult and I struggle with all the time is being a fixer. So if something is wrong, feeling the need to immediately like, okay, let's analyze the problem. How can we get to the bottom of it? What's wrong? What can we do right now to make things better? Um, and, you know, if you let it settle, maybe it'll lead to a little fight. But if you handle it right now, maybe it's going to lead to a big fight. You know, maybe you shouldn't be meddling, even if you're remaining polite. Um, you know, if you jiggle it a little, it'll open up on its own. So just let it kind of yeah. jiggle itself open, right? And, and learning that, like, yeah, and that's the same. I, uh, I'm the same way. Like, I need to talk everything out mm-hmm. immediately. Yes. Um, and that was a problem in my relationship, too, where my partner if he gets angry he needs space whereas Mine i want to well. like Me, yeah. dig into Ev, it we should be in a relationship and they should be in I a relationship i want to dig into it right away because if if my part the problem was we would get into a, a little fight and my partner would go away needing space without telling me just like walk out and slam the door oh, okay and that's just them like putting space in between sure. us so that they can like and i would just sit there and stew oh, yes. and get angry yes. 
So my partner would come back calm and I would just lay into them. Sure. So it was like the re- reverse thing. So, and now we've, uh, we've gotten good at telling each other what we're doing as we're doing it. Sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like, That's smart. So it works out. It works out pretty well. Yeah. And more, this is a very relationship issue song because also that might've been funny, but I just turned th- uh, 20, but I just turned 32 is I have mm-hmm. also needed to learn that not everything requires a joke in the relationship. Uh, Some things are meant to be taken a little with a little less levity and a little more gravitas. And, uh, you know, me being who I am, I just want to kind of make a little snide side remark about everything. Uh, But that, Mm -hmm. that needs to be curbed because you know what? You just turned 32, bud. Yeah. And like you said, you're, I mean, you're, you're a fixer, right? Some things don't need fixed. So like, and I think that comes with time and relationships as as having more open lines of communication where, where they'll come home and they'll be like, complaining about their work day or something like that and you're like do you want practical solutions or are you just want, yes. are you just venting that's what, like yes. and just being able to say that and for your partner to take that and be like i'm just venting right yep. now yep. and you being okay well then i'm here to listen yep. sort of thing and i think that's something that comes with time and hard work yeah and therapy is which what introduced that yeah. to me like and it's been so helpful yeah boy oh that's cool because I, I came up with that on my own oh, so damn dude no, no big deal no it's oh. cool that's that's <laughs> i can tell you're just super smart that's another thing i've learned this because I'm tired of us being super sincere. So we're, let's move away from that. Uh, the okay. first part of this is the same as the... Saker, not everything needs a little joke. It does, though. This podcast <laughs> does. Um, the first part is the... The first verse is the same as the last verse. So this is kind of the riddle of the Sphinx. Like when we're babies, we're crawling. When we're old men, we're hunched over. This is representative, I think, of, of life. And you have to think of life in the scope of what a letdown. Because life in the end is a letdown, right? Um, the asterisk is the community is the human being is everything. Uh, <laughs> I think I've interpreted that correctly from earlier in the episode. So uh, yeah, that's good. That was the correct. We should spin the wheel until we get a segment that we're happy with answering. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've, we've done too much where we're unhappy with it. That was perfect. Good job. <laughs> All right, Ev. Time to move on to answering an email from our friends, our fans, our Hairy little harbingers. <laughs> this is you can email Our us. Hairy little Hendersons. Hairy and the Hendersons. Uh, you can email us at uh, it's all been done podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. This is an email from our friend Thomas Bird. Thomas Bird. He says, Hi Saker and Evan. Hi Thomas. Hi Bird. Thomas. I discovered the podcast in the middle of last year and binge listened until I'd caught up, so one episode a week seems weird now. Love the oh, love the random sorry. yeah it's it's very sad. Love the random chatting and Evan's different reads for each album's songs. Not sure how many episodes you have banked, but you're rapidly approaching the PPE. So looking forward to Evan's reads when uh when Steven's writings isn't an, aren't an influence. Hmm. Oh yeah, I can't use time travel anymore. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so everything has to be before whatever I'm looking at. Uh-oh. And canonically, you have to use time. You have to invent the time machine at some point during the PPE. Um, I think you should do. The B-sides after you finish all of the album songs. Sorry, Ev. (laughs) My question is, if the Bare Naked Ladies had to form the ultimate version of the band from versions of themselves from across the infinite multiverse, which of the ladies would be from our reality? So one of them has to be from here. And what would each of the other ladies' realities be like? Uh, and then, well, obviously, there's one answer to the one that's from our dimension because he is the perfect one and perfect in every way. Sure, and that would well, be, of we'll course, say, we'll say it on, we'll say it on, uh, three, two, one. Kev. Yeah. Okay, thank God. All right, yeah. do we agree? Yeah, Kev is obviously, perfect. yes, he's, 
He's the one we want. Sure. So Kev is tasked for some reason, let's not get into the specifics, with having to go... Agent Hearn, you need to go through the <laughs> alternate realities to assemble the perfect band. Uh, 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 what? <laughs> so he has to go to each of the realities. Um, and, he has uh, to go to each of the realities, like gently the one, and then, all, and then kill the version of himself that's in that reality, and then absorb the band member that is there. Sure. <laughs> or bring not... the band member back. Or... Maybe in the other realities, there's like evil Kevs. And so he has to save that bare, bare naked lady member to make the ultimate pan-dimensional supergroup. They're always being held hostage by evil Kev in like a tower in a castle. that He has well, to go fight him. I mean, with infinite multiverses, there is a dimension where all of them are being held hostages by evil Kev. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so which, which reality are we going into? So I think uh, Steve is going to be from the reality where everyone is an animal, right? So it's Stephen Page. <laughs> like except... an anthropomorphic animal or like an animal that can just talk? No, an anthropomorphic animal, I think. Okay. Yeah. And it... Oh, shit. Yeah. So he's from like the, the Peter Porker, uh, you know. Uh... So are there actual animals in that dimension? Like what are they, you know, like. No. So like the, the, the carnivores, the carnivores are all like cannibals. They all eat other sentient Every animal in that universe is like a little naked human. Uh, they're, they look like us. And the, the animals are us and we are the animals. So they have us on leashes and we're shitting in the yard and all that good stuff, right? Uh, so it's, so, like a, it's like a Planet of the Apes scenario. Yes, absolutely. Um, but the fun thing is we have to... What, what would Stephen Page's animal name be? Because they're all like Peter Porker, the spider ham, and like uh, Captain Amerabun or whatever he is. So Stephen Page is... Steven rat in a cage. No. <laughs> Maybe he is. I don't know. Is that good? Oh, no. I don't know. Um, okay. Let's see. Let's just throw out cage. Cage. Rage. Rage. rage <laughs> backstage. Bronze uh, age. Engage. Outrage. Um, uh, the mage. Uh, teenage. Teenage. So he's a turtle. Steven Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> Turtle. <laughs> Sure, so he's from the Turtleverse. He's from the movie Turtles Forever, right? Steven, Steven Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Steven Teenage Ninja Turtle. <laughs> All right, great. All right, so who's your next lady? So we're so Kev from our universe and Steven Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle are traveling to... Uh, the Tylerverse. Where everyone is a Tyler? <laughs> no, where the... Um, it's like that God Brain thing where... Um, so everyone is as normal, but Tyler is like this like huge um, uh, galaxy spanning intelligence. Okay. Um, like a like a Unicron character and like Transformers. <laughs> okay. And, uh, he's like this huge um, like he controls all rhythm. Okay, sure, sure. So, uh, <laughs> so he's and, just a uh, giant drum machine in space. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, he's okay. all dr- he's all drum machines sure. everywhere. I am, and the no one tie. and no one can make rhythm. Yes. And so when you talk, it has to be like you know, like Christopher Walken or William St- or <laughs> William Shatner, because if you have any rhythm, that falls under his. He's like a demon, I guess. Sure, sure, he's like sure. Some sort of like horrifying thing that if you have any rhythm, he will take control of you, and I think devour you. We'll say. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, interesting. Um, so they so- get him. So yeah, and him. he's yeah. enormous. Well, they have to trap. They have to trap his. Uh, they have to trap him in like a, uh, like, 
Into, it's like it's like the holy grail but it's like a little a little like drum sure little snare drum <laughs> i think it's one of those uh those meow cat keyboards that meow 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 they trap tie <laughs> in there it has like a drum pack so they could press yeah. that and he could do whatever drums he wants so yeah that's a, that's a kev's what kev downloads the uh um uh what's the word like the godhead mm-hmm, mm-hmm. pack sim pack for his sure. Uh, casio keyboard sure yeah um the next one uh so this is just, in my head, this is like Marvel, where Marvel's got all these alternate universes, right? And we're traveling through them. Mm-hmm. So we have Kev, we have Steven Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, we have Ty the Godhead, and they are next going to the Bare Ladies cinematic universe, where Ooh. each of the Bare Ladies is actually played by an actor. So I think the next one is Ed, as played by Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. So they oh, have... Whoa, whoa. <laughs> what? What's wrong How's with that? How's that going to work? <laughs> What do you mean? Willem Dafoe is Ed in this universe. I, I understand, but I'm c- trying to even imagine how he could capture Ed's character. Like, yeah. Willem Dafoe's a great actor. Don't get me wrong. Like Willem Dafoe. Uh-huh. Looks nothing like Ed, and I've never seen him play a role that was anything how like how Ed acts. Okay, well, how does Ed act? Ed is like... Not home- like Willem Dafoe. <laughs> like, yeah, like, kind of like folksy, like, aw shucks, you know, mensch. Whereas Willem Dafoe is like big yeah energy well all the time have you never seen the english patient no i haven't oh okay well neither have i have you <laughs> have you never seen uh the life aquatic with steve zisso i have he plays he plays some some inside roles sometimes i think he plays some roles where he can be a little bit you know uh, uh less well, wacky so you're gonna and- say like in this dimension ed who he is playing the character ed because ed this is the cinematic universe so ed like captain america doesn't actually exist in this yes, universe he's just a character um so the character has gone through many many iterations so this sure. is just a it's a gritty reboot of ed sure well you know what i think ed can be pretty big and, and outspoken too you know i, I don't think well but i think there's just a, there's just a way different energy I who think would between... who would you cast as ed in bncu uh, oh god i have no idea yeah that's um, a hard one kevin james Okay, sure. <laughs> you know what? I'm down with that. Okay, so we travel to the next dimension. It's Kev. Ed Flart Mallpart. It's Kev. It's Ed is played by Kevin James. It's Ty the Godhead, and it's Steven Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> so who are we getting to play? Or who's which? What's the last Jim Cregan? What Jim universe Cregan, is he uh, from? Oh is, he from the, is he from the is he from the animated series Bare Naked Ladies? I was thinking that or like the puppet show version of oh, Bare Naked the, Ladies. Oh, it's just it's the Jim from the um it's Jim as a fox from the uh uh Polywog and a Bog video. I was thinking yes and no, but not hand puppets, like okay. puppets with strings. Oh, so, okay. And we've already done animals, so sure. I, I like I like where your head's at. So Jim the Muppet. No, because Muppets are hand puppets. Not all of them. Uh, they don't have strings. Muppets don't have. Well, they no. do. They have like a, those little rocks. They have the, they use the hands. hands oh, that's not what you were talking about. I'm thinking. I'm thinking less of. You think marionette? The puppeteer marionette. Okay. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. Oh, so Jim is just a little dancing clown. Well, everyone is. Oh, sure, 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 sure. But I mean, and in you the... don't know who's, and they none of them know who's pulling the strings. Oh shit! But wait, so the strings just like go up to heaven with the Jim? The strings <laughs> disappear into the ether. Good lord, that's a terrifying thought. So they could just trace the strings up and find out who they the can, ultimate deity is. Because the strings, the strings go up, and uh, let's say maybe 
a hundred feet or two hundred feet or whatever, they just sort of like peter out. They go they go somewhere else that that, that the uh, people in this dimension have never been able to find, or perhaps never been allowed to find oh interesting so we can't go up that far because it just doesn't uh, human life can, just... everyone you can go up that far but it's just like it's just like heaven in real like in real life it's like oh yeah heaven's above the clouds but then we go up there and there's just not there okay so you're like you're like the people pulling the strings are above the clouds is what the ancient puppets believed the ancient marionettes <laughs> and now they're flying in planes and shit and uh, they go above the clouds, and there's no there's nobody up there patrolling sure. strings. So they know they know there are strings, sure. but you don't know whether you're pulling your own strings. Perhaps sure. some some people in this some marionettes in this dimension believe that the strings are just representative of the soul, oh. and it's your your immortal soul is outside your body pulling your strings. Interesting. Other more religious ones believe that you know it's a, it's God or something. The like great that. marionette they call him. The great. Sure. They call yes. him. They call him the great Venganzo in this universe. The puppet puppets you. <laughs> oh Jesus! That's the callback I was looking for. There it is. We the Venganzaverse. Sure, sure, sure. We got there. We got there together. So this is the Venganzaverse. So, where they Jesus. Get, they get Jim's puppet. This Jesus this, was a puppet. Yeah. <laughs> they were all puppets. This universe, this Bare Naked Ladies setup is amazing. I fucking love it. I want to see these guys play. They sound like a dream, I got to say. Um, good. Wow. We really, we nailed this one to the wall. Uh, Thomas, by the way, uh, ends up saying, I would think Stephen Page has brought the others to our reality as he has perfected time travel. So, uh, not too much of a stretch that he can travel the multiverse or he'd just time travel to get Johnny Cage, Jimmy Buffett and Gwen Stefani to form no black margaritas. So he thinks that, uh, if I'm interpreting what he's saying correctly, he thinks the Bernicke ladies we have are the ultimate version of the Bernicke ladies. Um, yeah. So that's, that's from Thomas. Thomas, uh, a, a loyal Discord buddy. Thank you, Thomas. You're a Thank friend. You, Thomas. A, a friend in, in, in all weather. Thank you. Ebbo. And just like everyone who writes in a question, you'll be getting your free, whatever we call those little pepperoni t- tic tacs. <laughs> oh, uh, Dominibbler or something? Dominobbler. Dominobbler. That's what it was. You're going to yeah. be gobbling those knobs sure. when you get your first infusion. Gob the knob, baby. <laughs> that sounds incredibly perverse. Don't be a knob gobber. Okay. Evan, that's an episode of It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Been Done Pod. Find us on Facebook. It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Find us on discord the link is in the show notes support the patreon louis loon is probably out by now because it's the middle of august and that's what time we want to release it um ebo what are you plugging this week well about arms as long as legs Hmm. now that's a future i can get behind (laughs) are you planning on bioengineering this as well along with the dominobler yeah just imagine like we can walk upright, yeah, but your arms now are super long and can reach the ground from, from a standing position. I love it when the end of the episodes feel like commercials. That's, that's my favorite thing. When I hey feel man, like you're asking me what I want to plug, and that's, that's my true. answer. That's true. Fair. Uh, I am going to plug uh, Tales of the Void Fairer, a podcast that I'm on as a little penguin. That's all. I bet you're super funny. I am. I'm the heart. I would say. I bet you're cracking the jokes and you're going, you got, I bet you got a funny voice and it's, uh... Well, I must say I do have Hey guys, quite I'm a, a penguin voice. here now. I'm talking about simple country penguin. That's correct. Not high. I'm low. Penguins talk like this as far as I'm concerned. Ebo, I'm tired. Let's leave. I was born tired. <laughs> I'm Saker. I'm Evan. And we'll see you again in one, one. week.
week. <laughs>